accessing. When TV and radio collide. Love it. This is what you get. You're listening to JJ and Alex. Presented by G2G Bars. Don't touch that dial. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, everybody, welcome on back. It's another edition of JJ and Alex right here, 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us. Uh, quite the last 24 hours in uh, sports here in the state of Utah. Coming up at uh, 4.30, we're going to speak with uh, Scotty G, or on Scotty G. He was going to hang out a little bit longer. He's had to uh, go up to, uh, has to go up to Logan. Got to do the coaches show tonight, plus many other duties. Lots of recording of, uh, of interviews and whatnot. Uh, but, of course, the win of the Aggies in overtime last night, the win for BYU and Mark Pope and his squad, uh, what has already been a dream year for the Cougs, has gotten even more dreamy uh, after last night's win over Kansas. Dave McCann, BYU TV, joining us here on the program, our former colleague uh, downstairs at KSL 5 TV. Uh, Dave, you kind of saw this ha- You saw this coming, right? I mean, that's why you wrote about it. <laughs> Listen, I didn't predict it, <laughs> uh, so I won't take – I won't take credit for it at all. We just I just wrote about the ingredients were there ah. for for an upset and um and in the first half uh, as I watched the first half I thought, man, I'm clueless. And in the second half, <laughs> the the all the things that we kinda laid out there as to what would need to happen for something like this to happen happened. And uh we see it all over college basketball and we saw it in at Allen Fieldhouse last night. So you know, with the ingredients were there, but they still had to strike, and they did to their credit. And the, the guys on that roster, you just salute them. Uh, we watched most of them struggle through the WCC last year, and these aren't those guys. Although they're the same faces and names, and that they've elevated their game. And uh, you know, some nights have been rocks, some nights have been diamonds. Last night was a diamond they'll remember for the rest of their life. They took those ingredients and uh, made the perfect recipe for one of the best wins in BYU basketball history. As you're looking back on the history, and there's been some good ones, where does it rank among all-time BYU best wins? You know, it's a head-scratcher because no one ever thought BYU would play Kansas in a league game, like ever. And so when that Big 12 came around and then the schedule came out, and a lot of folks were excited to see Kansas come to Provo just for the sake of oh my gosh there's kansas sherry do number one on that list hey there's kansas i can't believe they're here as a <laughs> as a former high school star in the state of kansas but um to go to allen Fieldhouse and and do that uh it, it's it's just stunning and and kansas didn't play well they didn't make free throws i thought bill self was was great in his post game gave byu all the credit in the world, and, and also they miss layups and free throws, which is how you get upset on your home floor. Um, but what uh, it's right up there with uh, with the big ones. You know, the Gonzaga one, we all remember that one where they had already printed their paper to be 30-0 and and, and to go into that arena and do that. Uh, but at, at a higher level of basketball in a league that's at a higher level, to go in there and sneak one from Kansas, um, yeah, they're, they're going to be talking about that one for a long, long time. But you know what? It's significant, but it only becomes more significant if they beat TCU on Saturday at home. Yeah. Because now they're marching toward a winning record in the Big 12 in that first year. And, and that's really where the story 
comes alive with a tournament seating and whatever else they have ahead of them. Well, and they had, I mean, what was it that you have this, you have TCU on Saturday. Uh, you've got uh, Iowa State, of course, next week, and then you end things with Oklahoma State, who, you know, they lost to, in a, in a you know, you talk about a bad loss in the season, which they haven't had many. Uh, that was their worst. And then they have Oklahoma State come to Provo. They've got some revenge on their mind. But, yeah, the letdown that could happen with that TCU team coming in, and it's a pretty darn good TCU basketball team as well. I mean, there are all sorts of things that could go wrong. So, uh, what is it? I'm going to go back a little bit. What you said about the WCC, you know, these guys playing the WCC last year, uh, they ended up in fifth place. They had a losing record in the conference. What did they learn? And Mark Pope and his guys, kind of as a group and as a coaching staff from last year, and translated into one of the best seasons already that certainly Mark Pope has had, and one of the more historic ones in BYU basketball history. Well, if you if you look at the results and and then backtrack. Um, they changed their offense. They changed their defense. Um, they, the, the, the players on the roster bought in to their roles. Uh, they got older and experienced. Um, Dallin Hall as a point guard was at his best last night, and he's a young point guard, and last Saturday he was not at his best. And there's the big difference between winning and losing in the same state on, on the road. Um, but uh, they added a couple of pieces, but – Ali Khalifa um, and, and Trevor Nell are really the only two. Uh, and so, what, and, and Foose played hurt for a month. Um, it, it's to the credit of the guys on that roster and to the staff, but the staff had to be willing to make some changes with how they do things. And uh, maybe first on the list was, you know, we got a bunch of shooters. Let's shoot. I went 35 threes a game. I remember when Mark Pope told Blaine and I that in our, first pregame interview he goes I want 35 threes tonight and um and we hope to make 37 percent of them if we do you know the analytics show we're going to be pretty good and last night they made but they attempted 34 and I think they shot 36 percent and the analytics were good to 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 win on the road so I I, I give them credit because they had to change uh, that 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 uh, devastating one-sided loss to Santa Clara at the Marriott Center toward the end of last season and another fifth-place finish, I think it had them all, you know, major changes were coming, no question. And uh, and to keep the major changes from happening, they had to make all those minor changes happen, and that started with their with their strategy and then the credit to the players for, you know, Water, Noah Waterman decided, I am going to be a rebounder. And, you know, he had some huge ones last night. And um, Jackson Robinson decided, you know what, I will come off the bench. I'll still be a leading scorer on the team, but I'll come off the bench. Uh, so those two guys who struggled a lot last year, they come back, accept their roles, and they fit into this group. I mean, those guys were transfer portal moves. Um, they, they fit into this group, and you get a guy like Richie Saunders who goes, if I don't play like Superman, I'm not going to get on the floor. So he decides to play like Superman. And some days he's great. Other games he might not be, but his effort is the same every night. And uh, and he also has that look on his face that ticks off the opponent. So there's that element, too, that seems to work uh, to get some of these teams uh, outside of themselves. But but I think the, this is a, a, a situation where you look at the results and then you can go back and go, this is what they did. One, two, three, and four. Now, can they keep it going? That's on the guys on the roster. And they'll have a sold-out crowd Saturday night to help motivate them. But now 10-8 and eight is very possible. 
and that could get you a double buy in the conference tournament, and uh, and it could get you up to five. Uh, as a five seed, maybe you get a lucky and get a play in Salt Lake City. So there's some things still out there that they can go uh, that they can go earn. Fog Allen Fieldhouse is the most difficult place to play in the country to come away and get a win. Last night, BYU did it by playing connected and making their threes, and they showed the entire country that when they play like that, they can beat anybody. But when they don't shoot that well, Dave, they don't they don't come up with the results they want, as we saw at Oklahoma State. How can this team be more consistent? And can this team win in March when they're not having their best shooting night? I think that's my biggest concern with them moving forward. I think and they're all legit. That's a legit concern. I think uh, I think Mark Pope has kind of said, we just need to be who we are, and you just described who they are. On nights where they're hitting their threes, they can beat anybody. So you got to hit them and, and, and stay hot, especially in a tournament. And on nights where they don't um, – it, it goes south, and Saturday at Kansas State's a perfect example, whereas Tuesday is a, was a perfect example when they beat 11th-ranked Baylor. Um, and you can kind of look back and forth. When Dallin Hall is getting around 10 or 11 points and has six or seven assists and five rebounds, they usually win. When he doesn't, they usually struggle. And, um, you know, they've lost uh, seven, eight conference games, so there's – plenty of case studies of hot nights and cold nights and they might just be need a, a team uh, jeremiah for them to win they have to be hot doing what they do best and when that's not working they're vulnerable to get beat by anybody and um and i think that they've tried to stay true to that they've never tried to go you know what tonight we're an inside team now there were some nights against texas when they weren't hitting their outside shots so much they pounded inside the foos and the Longhorns had no answer for it. So they were able to adapt on the fly. But uh, in a tournament, it's going to be hard for teams to prepare for a team like BYU, just as Bill Self said last night. And if they're hitting their shots, they are tough to beat. That's how you have a magical finish. Um, and when that doesn't happen, then like you said, then it comes to an end. But I think they got to stay with who they are. they got to just go out and go, we're going to shoot. And we're going to play defense. And we're going to rebound. They didn't rebound, win a rebounding battle last night, but in the second half they got all the big rebounds. Uh, and that's a credit to Waterman and Saunders and Foose and, and those guys who just put their life on the line to, to get the ball. But um, I, don't, I don't think there's a plan B. Uh, I think it has to be plan A all the way for them to have a shot. Uh, might be getting ahead of myself a little bit with this one, but uh, Iowa State was picked to finish seventh in the league in the preseason, in the Big 12 preseason poll. T.J. Olzelberger, the uh, head coach of, uh, of Iowa State, has done a pretty darn good job. Uh, and he might be the, the odds-on favorite, but does, does he end up winning this thing? I mean, uh, does Pope end up pulling this one out and, in, uh, and, and uh, <laughs> getting the Big 12 coach of the year after the job that they've done? It seems like it was a little bit – like last night seems like the kind of thing where people go, okay, it's hard not to at least have the conversation uh, you know, back and forth about it. I think he's got to be in the mix. Uh, but I think TJ's done a great job, and, and I think they might be the best team in the league. I mean, Houston's number one in the country, but uh, Iowa State – I think Iowa State beat Houston, if I if I remember yeah, right. Ames, but if yes. they didn't, I think they played him close, yeah. And Iowa State's going to be a tough matchup for BYU back there because they came out here and I think got beat by 15. So they're going to be all kind of bugged mm-hmm. to welcome the Cougars back in there on Tuesday night. 
Um, so Iowa State, they're up there playing uh, at the top, and, and that, that seems to be where those awards go. But, but you got to give Mark Pope and his staff uh, their team that was picked 13th, uh, not 7th. The, the 7th team might take 1st or 2nd. The 13th team might take, what, 5th or 6th? Uh, maybe you'd even have to go a co-coach of the year if it became those two guys. Uh, and then they also always remind, <laughs> reward the head coach who's won most of the games. That would be Houston yeah. and Ralph or uh, Kevin Sampson. I think yeah. he's got a, a, a major case. It might be the, the front runner, but uh, to Mark Pope and his staff's credit, and, and, and certainly to the guys on the roster, um, they've turned in many of conversations on this particular radio show that were not in the plans when the schedule <laughs> no. came out. <laughs> I mean, back I, I, in October. looking back on, I can't believe we're having this conversation right now, but the Cougars have earned <laughs> it. It's awesome. And let's hope they can keep it we up. Sort of sheepishly went into it. Like just going, oh, get this basketball season should be kind of fun, huh? And then like sort of moved past this. Well, it kind of shows you when you Remember, have, when you have low expectations, this, this everything can be a lot of fun, can it? <laughs> the fun was going to be, Hey, look at the schedule. Look who we get to see play. Right. And then it shifted to, uh, look who we might be able to beat. And then, then that changed everything for the fans. But when the schedule came out, it was like, well, we might get a hand it to him, but look, we got Iowa State's coming in, Cincinnati's coming in, Texas is coming in, Houston's coming. And then all of a sudden, uh, once BYU really rolled into the first of the year with a net, remember they were number one in the net for a few days, I think, before the Utah loss. But um, that changed things. And then all of a sudden it was, hey, it is Texas. It is in Provo, and what? BYU is an eight-point favorite. And that the world changed with, uh, with how they performed. It's been a magical run, and it's going to be fun to watch it continue. And I think that BYU fans would love to have this same experience on the football side of things, Dave. And the work to make that happen begins here uh, this week as spring football begins tomorrow for the Cougars. Uh, with what time we have left with you, can you dig into what you want to see and what, what you hope the Cougars can accomplish in spring football here for the over the next month? You know, we asked Connor Pay that question on Wise Guys the other night, and he said, he goes, you know, you want to see all these things, but what the coaches want to see is everybody. Uh, and then you get into that fall camp and you start nailing down a roster. But without question, you got Gary Bohannon and Jake Redslaff at quarterback. I'm curious to see how Bohannon is picked up and got re-familiarized with an offense he already knew from Jeff Grimes at Baylor uh, and and where his leadership sets in with this new group on, in such a short time. We saw it with Keaton Slovis a little bit, but Slovis had to learn the offense from scratch, and Bohannon has been running the offense. So what the dynamic does that do and the, the chemistry he has with his receivers? Is it a legit quarterback, quarterback battle between those two uh, and a couple of the young guys, or will one emerge – uh, I, that's that that's it's BYU. It's quarterbacks. It's a quarterback battle. This is that such spring and and so that's that's what I'll circle and I think that's what everyone's excited about. You got to have a quarterback to win games, and it's important to have a line and a defensive line. And they've addressed a lot of those areas and a lot of those guys we'll see on the field. But um, you know, until the fall when they start to separate, hey, that freshman suddenly the starting safety. Wow, that becomes a thing. So it's all about the two quarterbacks, um, and, uh, and and as Connor said, he'll be the guy right in the middle of it as the center. He said he's looking forward to seeing him duke it out, and I think that's the storyline uh, going into tomorrow. 
Dave McCann, BYU TV. Uh, you can see him, of course, uh, Ian Blaine Fowler, Blaine Fowler with the Wise Guys podcast. And Hey, uh, speaking of Blaine, can I pitch something real quick? Absolutely. Yeah. Tonight, uh, Lauren Gustin plays her final home game uh, against Houston, the all-time leading rebounder in school history. Um, Blaine and I are on the call. It's, it's a big night. Blaine and I are on the call on ESPN Plus at 7. But, but Lauren Gustin is a Utah product that has been phenomenal and she was the leader a rebound leader in the wcc and let's be honest everyone thought well that's because she's in the wcc maybe she went to the big 12 and she still leads the country in rebounding and in with 27 double doubles um she's she's worth the price of admission and tonight's the last chance at the marion center we're excited to be on that call but we were talking about big moments and big players and a big week for byu Lauren Gustin's last blast is tonight, and uh, I think that'll be a special night at the Marriott Center. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. Uh, Blaine Fowler and uh, Dave McCann with the call tonight on that one as well. Uh, when BYU is facing off, when fifth-seeded BYU is facing off against the 12th-seeded Gonzaga Bulldogs in the NCAA tournament in the first round, uh, we're really looking <laughs> forward to that one. You know that something like that's going to happen, Dave. Come on. It has to. It has to. Um <laughs> Or maybe BYU and Utah State finally get a meet, oh, which fun. they should have done back in December. Um, and speaking of the Cougs and Zags, it's baseball season, as you know, and Gary Scheide and I will have Thursday, Friday, and Saturday's games all in the afternoons on ESPN Plus starting tomorrow. So, hey, this is a, this is a huge week for the end of February and the start of March, but I think Cougar Nation's probably – Pretty happy with how things are going. Yeah, good vibes down a Provo. There you go. Dave McCann. Dave, we appreciate it. You can read his byline, of course, uh, Deseret.com, and see him on BYU TV. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Have a great day. There you go. Dave McCann, everybody. Man. Lots of history. All, uh, lots of uh, lots of the guys covering BYU down in Provo, man. Those BYU TV guys with uh, a lot going on. Lots of smiles on the faces. That's of, good. Uh, of those programs, man. It's good. It's good stuff. Football, right. Make it up for football season. Boom. And maybe, maybe, and maybe like already starting to, to uh, get you ready for next football season, too. Yeah. Like, I think so. You got to live off of everything that's going on right yeah. here during this yeah. basketball season. Hey, enjoy this blast of <laughs> it's gotta take amazingness. You, it's got to actually take you through two football seasons last season and this next one. We'll maybe. see. We'll see. Who could surprise some people this fall? All right, we'll uh, take the break. We'll come back. Scotty G, we're going to give him a call, and uh, he's going to give us a little bit of an idea of what Utah State went through last night. You're going to have games like that. They're ugly, but can you win the ugly ones uh, against teams you're supposed to beat as the uh, magical run for the Aggies continues as well? Stay right here. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone.